legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. Back to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, joined by Harrison Fagan, who has a fancy new title. Yeah. Congratulations, bud. I don't think we've recorded since your promotion. We have not. It just goes to show you the level of preparation that goes into like my announcements and you know my me taking on new responsibilities that we recorded a podcast and then just like decided to announce it the next day. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, that one that's not on anyone but me. Uh, so I, you know, hand up. I take full responsibility for that. But it's nice because now I'll get you know like as you know and as our listeners know i am an extreme narcissist and so it'll be nice to get like the thank yous from the pod listeners as well yeah like, reaching out to miss the initial announcement that i am now i believe my official title is grand czar of nba coverage <laughs> at sb nation <laughs> that you're the, you're what jimbo fisher was calling nick saban i am i am dear leader of sb nation coverage <laughs> you are actually editorial manager of SB Nation's NBA coverage and and sincerely go fuck yourself because I have <laughs> <laughs> I have been sitting on that news and yeah we recorded a show and I didn't know whether or not to bring it up last week and then I'm finally able to bring it up now so congratulations but also don't make me ever keep a secret ever again yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's I, all I, about I me, I, Harrison. I thought I was telling a friend, but I mean, now you've made it uh, like a mean thing, and so yeah, you know, you can count on that. That is the last time that I share good news with you before I announce it publicly. It is great news, though. SB Nation is going to be better with you at the helm. Uh, and wow, and, shots fired at Seth. All right. You know, as as I was saying it, I was like, that's going to sound really bad. Um, he's not, you know, he's not going to listen. Seth, so Seth isn't even going anywhere. Seth is yeah. the Seth's got a promotion too. So congratulations to Seth. SB Nation NBA is going to be better now because he's in that position, and you're in your position. And Mike, if you're listening, you know, there's another you, position. You stuck the landing. It was nice. That was a good job. <laughs> um. I, I am very excited for today's show because as you are now editorial manager across all 30 team communities, uh, you have had some time away from the Lakers. And so like for the first time ever, I am going to be filling you in on some of the stuff that you missed. So we're going to do that first and then we are going to fix basketball. I'm watching, I'm watching the Celtics beat the heat and as Boston people in Boston are happy. I have decided that the the sport is broken because we cannot have happy people in Boston. And so Harrison and I are going to fix this clearly broken sport um, as it currently exists. Yeah, I mean, you know, as an executive who covers all 30 teams, like I, I love all of them equally. I'm like that Rob Lowe, <laughs> uh, you know, like NFL logo cap. NFL photo. logo. That's me, yeah. but with an NBA logo cap. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I just am concerned about the integrity of the sport. It's not because of results that I theoretically like or don't like, because yeah. I love all my team communities equally now. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, again, like just, you know, as a basketball fan, as a, as a fan of the league and the health of the league, I'm yeah. just worried about these blowouts. I mean, let's be honest. You don't really care about the Kings. Like, yeah, we, you know, that's true. All <laughs> hand up 29 teams equal <laughs> Kings, you know, eh, pretty ambivalent. And the magic, they got the top pick and everybody's just like, really? We're sending another good player to Orlando. You know, I'm excited to watch who they develop for the Lakers to win a title in like 10 years. Uh, Harrison, like you can't say you can't stay stuff like that in your current position. I tweeted stuff like that in my current <laughs> position. I can do what I want. I'm 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 the president now, basically. <laughs> Essentially. Um, all right. So let's let's start though with some uh Lakers headlines here on silverscreenroll.com. That you might have missed. A um, website that has just really fallen off a cliff in the last week for some reason. I have no idea why. Uh, it's not my fault. My, my pod posts <laughs> are, are getting all kinds of commentary. Um, all right. So the first headline here. Austin Reeves receives two votes for all rookie second team. Snubs. Did, did you see this? I, I, di I did not realize how many votes he had gotten, but I did see that he did not make either team, and I was earnestly – I mean, at first I was kind of upset, and then I looked at the names on the team, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of get it, but <laughs> – Yeah. But he, you know, he had a case over, like, I don't know, Chris Duarte? I mean, he's well, like, good, so I, it's kind of hard to argue, but – What yeah. hurts him is that, like, he didn't play, basically, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then eventually he finally – you know, Frank Vogel finally started playing him and they realized, oh shit, he's the only guy who cares on both sides of the ball. And, and then they benched him for that so that they could play the <laughs> veterans who didn't care and like lose their way out of the playoffs. Yeah, it was crazy that that's how that played out. Um, yeah, the Lakers... I, like, in all in all earnestness, I like looked at the names yesterday of the guys who made it. And it's just like, it's tough to make a case for an undrafted rookie that like, you know, like you said, did not always play consistently over those guys. Like I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have thought it was a travesty or anything like from the voting body if he did yeah. make it. But it's also like, it's not a travesty that he didn't. I think it would have been a travesty if he would have made it. I disagree. I think it would have been pretty I, bad. I just believe in our boy. <laughs> um, all right, the next one here, the, the last one probably, because we're probably going to spend some time on this, because you and I, I think, disagree, is uh, the Lakers still reportedly undecided on whether to trade or keep Russell Westbrook. I did see this one. I, I thanks for. I think you have me muted on Twitter. I did quote tweet this one, um, uh, but I did not read the story. With all due respect to Jacob, I just uh, that was one that I did not have time to dive in on. All right. Um, so here's the so I have no idea the source of that, and I you know, but yes, I was aware of this one. Uh, here's the quote from Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times. "Quote: I've spoken with more than a handful of executives here in Chicago about the Lakers and Russell Westbrook, and there's really no clarity in what the team is going to do." Most execs believe any Westbrook deal would require the Lakers sacrificing at least one future first, which is a hefty tax to pay with just a year left on his deal. Some think there might be a deal to be had where the Lakers simply take back long-term deals from other teams in exchange for a more immediate cap relief. But the only thing solid to report is that the Lakers haven't ruled anything out when it comes to Westbrook's future. They've definitely discussed him with potential coaches in their interview process, but that's just one option. A trade is cer certainly still on the table, too. It just seems like a complicated decision that the Lakers have yet to make. You know, for somebody who never reads, I think I just read that pretty well. Yeah. That was solid narration, honestly. Um, yeah. And, you know, look, I have great respect for Dan. I really like Dan, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just Friend don't of the show, know Dan what Wiki. else. 
Yeah. I just don't know what else the the Lakers should be projecting to the league that he because obviously he says this is the buzz around league executives uh, at the combine. Mm -hmm. This is the vibe that coaches have gotten during the interview process. This is what the Lakers have to project, even if they have dead set decided Russ has to be gone. There's no way to go into next season with him, which is what I'm pretty sure is the case, you know, just logically based on how poorly last year went. And but, you know, they can't tell that to the rest of the league. Like Rob Polinka can't walk into these trade talks and be like, I got to get off this guy. He's just, <laughs> he is the most actively damaging player in NBA history. He needs to be gone. You know, like that would not really help him make a very good deal or make as good of a deal as possible. And to the coach's point, like, yeah, could you imagine if it leaked though, that they hadn't been discussing Russ at all with these coaches? Like one yeah. of the few players. That's, that's the world I want to live in actually. Yeah. Like that that's so one- funny. <laughs> They're just like Darvin. So how do you plan to use Austin Reeves next? Year? Right. Yeah. How do you feel about Taylor Horton Tucker? Kendrick Nunn will be coming off of his knee. Obviously have LeBron and AD. I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody here. And he's the like, Russ, and they're like, oh, no, we're not bringing him back. Don't worry. But <laughs> yeah. just don't leak that. Uh, that yeah. was off the record. <laughs> I, I, I also, uh, this was the joke that I made on Lowdown. Is it like some coach was asked that and was pissed that they didn't have an answer, so they leaked it out of frustration? <laughs> Like these MFers. We've all bricked a question in a job interview, Anthony. And he just, he took that thing. It was a 35. They were like, oh no, I was not prepared for this. Yeah. I thought you guys were trading him was my response. So <laughs> here we are. Um, here's my only thing though, Terry because Scott's like, wait, you aren't trading him. And he walked out. That was <laughs> yeah. Scott Brooks is like, I have to do that again, again, really? No, Scott um, Brooks. We, we just figured it out. Scott Brooks is the one that leaked it. He was just really excited that Russ is still going to be there. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think I think I think the opposite. He's like these pe- these assholes keep hiring me to coach that guy because I'm I'm but apparently getting the- fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please don't make me do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I actually like the only thing because the pervasive response to this headline and the report and all of this was well the Lakers are doing it for leverage. And my my constant refrain is, you're only getting leverage if somebody believes that this is actually the case. And I just don't think, like if, if you and I and the people on Twitter are able to identify that this is a leverage play, you're telling me that the NBA teams that they're trying to gain leverage on, who would be making a trade to the tune of $47 million to acquire this guy, wouldn't also be able to identify that as a ploy? Like that's well, who- the part that I'm like, Guys, come on. One okay, so who is one of the most persistently linked Russell Westbrook suitors so far? The Hornets. And who is the one Southern Southern Tigers? Who is the one NBA GM that we know is incapable of lying? (laughs) Mitch Kupchak. You know? Yeah. He just can't. He's too much of a Boy Scout. I I, I think that Mitch Kupchak cannot even fathom the idea that the Lakers would lie to the media. You know? <laughs> he's, like, he's reading this report like uh, that somebody printed well, it out for him in the LA Times, look, you know? Rob Palenka, I've dealt with him many years in the past. Never once did he Honest tell guy. me a lie. Ever. Negotiated many a deal with Kobe Bryant, the shooting West guard Johnson. from Lower Marion High. 6'6", six, six, wing, 
<laughs> just, did Mitch Kupchak? I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch the press conference today. But when he announced his own extension on the record, like not even through a leak, that that's how honest he is and how non-leaky he is. He like no one even knew that he had gotten an extension. He just like offhand said it during a press conference today. Do you think he uh, said like Mitch Kupchak, former forward? That's what I'm wondering. Out of the did University of North Carolina, filibuster. Yeah. <laughs> Won several NBA titles. Yeah. Used to run the Lakers. And then yeah, Jeannie so, took over and I got linked to I, some I, asshole who wore a stupid hat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I mean, so I think obviously those teams can suspect that it is a leverage ploy. But for the longer that we go where the Lakers are like, yeah, we're not decided. And as long as they're having these conversations, we're like, no, we're not going to give up a first to get off Russ. Mm -hmm. Then you sort of can artificially create leverage, even if you know in your heart of hearts that you got to move on from him. Like, again, I don't think that it's going to be a case where these teams are like, yeah, like we have to we got to give up something now to get Russ because mm -hmm. this team is holding out so much. But I think that you can create the appearance of like you know oh no like we'll do it we'll jump out that window we will like yeah you know. we just i we see this a lot like i don't i don't you're not as big a football fan right like you're not you don't really follow the nfl all that closely do you even have a favorite nfl team how am i just uh, learning this the the chargers were my favorite nfl team i don't really watch football anymore but they were um so like this happens all the time in the nfl where a team like we're seeing this right now with Baker Mayfield, basically, where the Browns, like they have Deshaun Watson. Everybody knows they can't keep Baker Mayfield. They have to move him, but they also, but like teams out there don't want to trade for him and take on his cap hit and all these things. So like they can, again, they can say, we are ready to, to, to keep Baker Mayfield as our backup to Deshaun Watson just in case. And like there's some... There, there's some credence to it still because like Watson might be suspended. He should be suspended. Um, and, and so they might be saying like the, the, the leverage that they're trying to get is we will start Baker at the beginning of the year in the event that Watson is suspended. But as normally happens in the NFL, all these teams are so used to calling these bluffs that they're like, okay, yeah, fine. Start the season with them. You're still going to cut them. Like you're still eventually going to cut this guy. Yeah. So they're just going to wait this out. So I think with, with Russ, it's the same kind of situation here where, yeah, the Lakers can try. And like in, in fairness to your point, all that's all they're doing is trying. And, and they don't also, have any, like they, there's no point right now in announcing to everybody we're done here. Yeah. Although it would be funny if they just, if, I, if I would they love just it. Leak, they're like, they're like, we can, they're like, no, no one Lakers source insisted. We cannot bring Russ back under any circumstances. I will quit. Yeah. Like, it's the difference. It's the difference between a decision and a conclusion. They've probably come to the conclusion already, but they can't have made the decision yet without knowing. Also like Russ still hasn't opted into his deal. He literally yep. cannot be traded quite yet. So they yeah, have to the wait Lakers for that. Certainly can't leak that they're that they have a plan to trade him somewhere before he opts in. Yeah, because you know, it, like he could blow that up by just not opting in. Which again, like I know that that probably sounds like the dream scenario for Lakers fans, but like it, it actually up isn't cap space. It sort of eliminates your ability to. Yeah, like, at least it eliminates one avenue that you could potentially use to improve the team. Yeah, it it, it takes away uh, salary slots. Right. Yeah. Like, like they, they, they wouldn't be able to refill those salary slots if he just opted out. So 
Yeah, like it, it, for basically his, they get the they get the non-taxpayer mid-level basically. It's yeah, like they get like ten million extra but dollars. You would get you would get that if you just waved and stretched them. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it does. You you literally don't really benefit here if if he just opts out. Um, and so right. the other thing that I take into account here is that the teams don't have to believe it from the perspective of like, oh, we're getting screwed over. Like we have to give something up to get Russ. Like we are totally buying into this because we don't think that he's going to be available. So we got to give something up. I mean, these teams, they have an incentive to take on Russ. It's either to get a first round pick for players that don't fit their timeline or something like that. Or it's to, uh, or it's just to get off of bad long-term money that they don't want or both. And so like there is, I know that there's this idea and we've talked about this, that Russ is like the most toxic asset in the league, but he's really not. I mean, it's, it's an expiring contract. It's not a mm -hmm. good contract, but there are worse contracts in the league currently just because they extend longer. And so the ability to use his contract to save money for teams, that's a real thing. And if there are teams that are, want to do that, they're not going to hold it up just because they're like, well, I mean, the Lakers aren't desperate enough to get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, last one here. Anonymous Western Conference coach says Taylor Horton Tucker still has trade value around the league. <laughs> Think about how far we've fallen, dude. But like, no, he still does. Uh, he, he's still okay. Like, people still kind of like him. Yeah. <laughs> you tweeted how funny out last night. Coach is Jason Kidd. <laughs> hey, it might it might be Phil Handy. Hey, like if, if you're looking for like if you're looking for a backup to Luca, you know, THT is not the worst, you know, like poor man's Luca. He's I mean, he's little out of shape, high usage, likes to drive to the rim. You know, you squint, you can kind of see it. Bigger, <laughs> bigger guard. Him and him and Luca just go out drinking the nights before these games. Yeah. They just, um, it, he's like, no, Luca, you can make pregame extra this one. I got you tonight. It's pretty wild though that we went from this guy being chosen over Alex Caruso to no, I promise he still has some, he has still, he still has some value. Maybe. Although, hey, but choosing him over Kyle Lowry in retrospect does not look like the worst thing. Uh, yeah, badly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead and, and, and fix basketball. Okay. Um, as we're recording this, I haven't even looked at the score again. Oh God! Yeah, what is the me... score now? Well, they're they're kind of coming back a little bit. Okay, PJ yeah. Tucker, PJ Tucker just got hurt, which which isn't great. But uh, Boston eighty four, Miami sixty seven. So it's like all right. Well, I had some brief optimism there for a second that we might get a competitive game, which is obviously yeah. what I'm rooting for for the health of the league and the health of SB Nation NBA, not because I'm rooting against one specific team. I mean, that is, it is literally where I'm coming from on, on these talking points though, because Dallas Me too, hasn't, obviously. hasn't played a competitive game in more than a whole series now. <laughs> like they, they, they didn't play a single close game with the Phoenix Suns and uh, they got blown out in game one against the Warriors. This game that we're currently watching here between Boston and Miami game one, like Miami technically came back, but once they came back and took a double digit lead, they just carried that double digit lead yeah. for the rest of the game. They like flipped to the end of the blowout basically. Right. And then, and then, you know, here we have another situation here where now Boston is up 17 and like, albeit on the road. And it means that Miami now has to be that much more desperate in Boston and all this stuff. But like, generally speaking, 
you watch the product in the NBA playoffs compared to even the NHL playoffs and especially the NFL playoffs where, and both of those sports are designed in ways where it is inherently random in hockey. Some dude can just have his hockey, like his, his stick, like six inches or, or not even that, you know, half of a half and an inch. Uh, up a little too high or a little too low and it deflects the puck and now all of a sudden you're scoring a goal there and in football the 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 shape of the ball itself means that every time somebody drops it it is a randomization of who picks it up next and so those sports lend themselves to closer games and to to higher leverage moments and i think with basketball it's always been the most predictable sport generally speaking uh, and historically speaking, every champion of any particular season, except for the ones where Boston won, was the best team in the league. Like just that that's just how those things played out. And and you know, I I've always kind of liked that about, you know, you reward the best team in in the league that particular year. I think I think there's something to be gained by that. But with the way that the three-pointer is used nowadays, and given how good these guys are, how big they are, how specialized all of these positional players have become, um, I think it's reached a point where it's too predictable, where these games, these blowouts are too prevalent throughout these postseasons. So um, I do kind of wonder if there are things that can be tweaked within the game to make it a little bit more random without having to go and like, create Avery just woke up sorry uh without having to create uh leverage by like having single game playoff series like I don't think that's the direction to go is there something that can be done to the sport itself that can make it a, a better average viewing experience so just to clarify kind of where you're coming from here would you say that teams are over relying on the three a little bit yeah you're yeah, saying yeah. like teams today shoot too many threes. Yeah, I think they are. D did you just like preemptively become Bob Ryan or like Charles Barkley because you, you know, have the second kid? You, like, when, I feel like the dad energy has like overtaken like the Anthony that I knew. I'm. I had. I just had to check to see if I was wearing New Balances. I'm not. I am not wearing New Balances. Um, but I. Yeah. I, look, I think basketball produces the best athletes in the in the world. Like on average, the fact that you can have somebody Anthony Davis's size, this is a legit seven feet tall, and he can run the way he runs, he can jump the way that he does, he can catch the ball the way he catches the ball, he has the great hand-eye coordination that he has. And the fact that you have basically turned so many, like what I what I basically want from Anthony Davis is to stop with the one-on-one the -on -one stuff and go out and either get better at the three-point shot or focus on on rim running and finishing at the rim and to limit that guy. And, and by the way, like the, ways, the reason I want him to do that is because it makes the Lakers a better team if he focuses on those things. Um, and I think we've reached a point now where like, as I say it, kid me, high school me is telling grown up me, hey, shut up, <laughs> like shut up. Let this guy, let's let this guy go out and be the special player that he is. Yeah, it's funny. As an aside, I saw Heat fans just having a similar dialogue that we have about Anthony Davis in terms of play style, not in terms of durability, but mm -hmm. like play style uh, that like 
Lakers fans have been having about Anthony Davis since he got here. Not the, not the injury aspect of it, but the you're like talking about Bam Adebayo. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. talking about Bam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, I saw I saw Heat fans having the same discussion, and I'm like I'm like man. John Calipari, like not coach dogs. I think that's what we have to wonder, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Dogs with a that, W in it. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't coach out that dog in you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's fair to wonder. No. Honestly. And so getting back to your point on the threes and stuff, I, I do think in all seriousness, I was poking fun at you, but the yeah. amount that teams are taking now, I, I think it's almost inarguable that it's led to higher variance. And especially in these high leverage games where, you know, one little schematic adjustment and teams are so game planned for each other. So like if you come into the game with a successful game plan to free up more threes and your guys are on that night, like you're just going to run teams off the floor. And we're seeing this in first half after first half after first half. And so I do think that like, I'm not ready to say that, you know, it's a problem that the league has to artificially fix because I do think that a lot of the time with this stuff, Eventually, coaches find solutions. Eventually, the stuff evens yeah. out. The the kind we of we do game... see more runs getting back into the game as we are seeing those blowouts happen. Yeah, and the game the game generally sorts itself out. So I'm hesitant to overreact, as you know, is sort of my uh, my general predisposition. But I do have some crazy ideas to try and fix the sport. Uh, you know, now that oh you know, yeah, no, that's if we're, definitely... we're going to try and do that, like let's go wild and come yeah. up with like what we want to see them implement in the G League just to see what it would look like. Well, it's funny because we always hear about like throwback players, right? Like Jimmy Butler is considered this throwback player and all of these things. And I think there are, there's, there's some, there's something to that, but like, to me, the most throwback player of like, that like harkens back to my generation when I grew up watching the sport and what I loved about the sport growing up is actually John Morant in that, like, he just does stuff for the fun of it. He does stuff because like, Hey, it's really cool that I'm like 6'3 and can jump out of the damn gym and I can go up and I can catch a lob. I have these great handles. I'm super shifty. Like I can do all of these things and it just seems like fun. It would be fun to do. Malik Monk has this to him too, I think. We're like, yeah, I, I guess on this possession, I'll shoot from 30 feet. On the next possession, yeah, sure, why not? I'll go out and catch, catch a lob too. You know, and, and I like, it's this dichotomy within myself where like, all right, the analyst of this stuff and the person who wants the Lakers to be as good as they can be consistently says, no, actually, some of that creativity has to be limited a little bit for the sake of efficiency. But the kid in me is saying, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just shit, shut up, nerd. <laughs> Just stop talking. Where you almost bridge it is we don't want to watch every single team play the same style. And we're yeah. not there yet by any means. All these teams kind of tend to generate some of these advantages in different ways. But it is becoming, I think, increasingly sort of uh, sort of like homogenized a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking monogamized. And I was like, no, Tristan Thompson's in the league. There's no monogamy. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, let's let's jump into our... Uh, wild fixes and I'll start with okay. one that like gave you pause as as we were talking about it in slack and everybody talks about moving the three-point line out and and making it further making that shot harder but like all that does I feel like is those teams that have Trey Young that have Steph that have guys who can pull from that far out 
it just furthers their advantage over teams that already struggle to shoot the three-pointer. Yeah, so but when, then it maybe makes average three-point shooters into like below average ones. Maybe. And then so that starts to, and with the increased space, it sort of changes the geometry of the game and the value yeah, of Maybe adds more athleticism. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. However, I'm doing the opposite. Move the three-point line in. Muck up the game. Force the force more collisions and 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 make these athletes do the super athletic things that they are capable of doing um, in closer proximities because like those those collisions like right now the collisions that you see are usually flop related like usually if if players are running into each other it's because one person is standing there hoping to be knocked over mm-hmm. whereas like if you muck up the game a little bit. And you add some more physicality to it by bringing the three-point line in. I think it further shows off like how strong, how athletic these guys are, and 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 maybe limits some of the the necessity. Like I think flopping just in general needs to be wiped out. Like I think Anthony, we, we, what's isn't up? the flaw with your solution that by making the three-point uh, by making three-pointers easier, more teams are just going to take more of them. Well, but like it there, it makes it easier for the defense to rotate out and, and, and contest those three pointers. So like those, like Not if, if you they move, just take a step back to where the line used to be. Well, but like if, but that makes it a less efficient shot. Yeah. Like that makes it, if you want to shoot from further out there, but you aren't really getting rewarded for it right now, you're getting rewarded for your ability to like, I just, I hate the fact that we have turned this game with the best athletes in the world into a three-point shooting contest it just it just it just kind of sucks like i i know i do sound like bob ryan i know i do sound like chuck right now but these guys are way too good to be playing the game we're playing in playoff games where teams are chucking up 40 or 53s a night that's just ridiculous to me i even sounded like chuck it's ridiculous earn (laughs) 